¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? What happens when I die? With me, TW1. Voice is like a Stephen Fry, like a yeah, um, that and like the very he's very straight faced when yeah. he performs. Stephen Wright, too. sorry, sorry, Stephen Wright, yeah, yeah, the spilled spot remover on my dog, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to Stephen Wright in a while. I have a hard time listening to like, like one-liner comedians. I don't know if it's just like an attention span kind of thing, like, or like an investment kind of thing. I think it's just like because like yeah. I love Mitch Hedberg, but I try to go back and listen to his albums, and after about like twenty minutes, I'm like, okay, I need to listen to something else. Yeah, and else. that is that is interesting. And I wonder if that happened to us like after we got into comedy, where like it, it definitely holds up. Yeah, but it's just like his style is was very niche. Yeah, in that like exactly right. Like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of over this. Like, and, and nothing in a rude way. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just my personal taste and preference. Um, but I was just like, oh, like okay, like he's still got it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like he's still funny. Like I still think so. Like where I work, there are times where because I do the personal shopping, and like I'll grab a like a two liter of Sprite off for somebody's order. And I think of the joke, like, you know, you want any more homemade Sprite? Not until you figure out what the fuck else is in it. Like that always plays in my head every time I grab it. But I think, I wonder if like. Mint lime. (laughs) Yeah. I put that all together. (laughs) Yeah. There's more to it than that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think part of it may have to do with like living in like a post social media world where like a lot of his, jokes now would just be tweets right you know like a lot of fit within that framework yeah they fit like all of his jokes are like under and i think that's what i admire most about adam wolf um yeah is because he's able to collect those sound bites and make a five minute set on this one topic yeah i don't know i've always yeah because adam unlike like other one like a lot of one-liner comedians will just be like Here's the one line. Here's the one line. Here's the one line. Right. But kind Adam, like but Adam is able to structure it and like he does a lot of callbacks throughout his entire, his entire thing. Like there was when we were first starting comedy, he had like three one liners spaced apart that always ended with him fucking a homeless man, and like they were they were completely different setups each time. <laughs> so it'd be like fucking a homeless man joke, three jokes, fucking a homeless man joke, three jokes, fucking a homeless man joke. And yeah, and it worked great because like in that that setup and delivery, you're Adam. Bring that bit back, please. Yeah, Adam, please. I'll message him right now and be like, "Bring back your fucking homeless people jokes." All right, I'm excited about that. Uh, He also has that that iCarly joke that I love. I don't know if you've heard that one. I think I did. Yeah, the least favorite tweet of 2014. Gross joke. It's kind of like it's upsetting, (laughs) especially after like uh, Jeanette McCarthy's book came out, and it's like, oh, ooh. But it's still really funny. <laughs> so, uh, let's just jump. Are you cool with yeah. like just jumping into like yeah, the heavy, yeah. like the heavy yeah, let's go. stuff? All right. Um, 
do you so like a lot of the show is me talking because like from me i'm somebody who's afraid of death but i also deal with like severe suicidal ideation and it's like this weird this weird balance of like all i want to do is die Mm -hmm. but i am terrified of death do you ever find yourself in like a similar dichotomy like what's your relationship with death on like a day-to-day basis and i think i'll go back like his historically um I grew up around death, um, not, uh, of course, not intentionally. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you weren't, um, you weren't an angel of death. We, no, okay. yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't minister. Um, that would be interesting though. Uh, to be an angel to, of death. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, to see those last moments. Um, <laughs> well, no, but, um, who, who's that? Um, Connor O'Brien. I don't know. She's in, anyway, the short story is, um, a good man is hard to find and it's about in the forties or fifties. And there's this older lady, she's a grandmother and she's driving in the back seat and the husband and wife were driving anyway. And so they hear on the radio, like there's this bandit of misfits on the loose and you need to be aware. And yeah. so this is before internet TV and yeah. this stuff. Um, and she keeps, they keep passing things, and she's like, oh, that, that's where the colored school is. And she's using the N word. And like, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. getting hints like, of her bigotry and racism. Um, and so, of course, their car breaks down. They run into the bandits. Mm-hmm. And there's a point where she's like, y'all aren't even black why yeah. are y'all doing these bad things like and so like it's just becoming it's like becoming exponential and it was super interesting I, and i like the way they the author framed this because right before he kills her he said if she would have had a gun to her head she would have been a decent person or if she would have had a gun to her head her whole yeah. life she would have been a decent person because she was like saying sorry and i'll take care of you you haven't had enough love like yeah. i'll be the one to love you um, and so I always appreciated that short story in the sense of, um, I don't, I don't want a gun to my head to be a good person. I just want to, yeah, you know, I just want to meet new people regardless of, yeah, 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 anything. Um, but yeah, uh, my own, un- my great uncle started passing away when I was younger. So I think that was like one of my first funerals. I was pretty blessed um, to have, like, a lot of sets of my great-grandparents Yeah. Um, when I was born. And so I I remember attending their funerals um, pretty later in life, too, because I remember I, I think my high school sweetheart went to me, went with me to one of my great-grandparents' funerals. Oh, wow. And so they were a part of my life. We had family traditions, and we're yeah. still trying to carry those things. But growing up, there was, I would say, at least a funeral a year okay that i attended so it was it it organically became a part of my life yeah it was um, so was it like very i don't know how to word this um so like it wasn't a negative thing no i don't think i ever saw it negative it never got negative until you know i i was hurt you know yeah. i didn't have the closest relationships with my great grandparents and I, and i regret that now uh, but we had such a large family, and they had, you know, their family to yeah. take care of. And so I, I understand that. And my parents did a great job of making sure that I had time with them. And I do have great memories 
of all of them. Um, but um, one, I don't remember the year, and I do apologize for that. But one Christmas, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Yeah. And so we lost her by the next Christmas. And so oh wow, we yeah we weren't, and that was odd too. I would say twelve thirteen. So yeah. I had the mentality of understanding like this is bad, something yeah. worse is going to happen, but let's prepare for it. And so that was that was like my first like close encounter with death was my mom's mom Lucinda, and when that occurred, that that matured me pretty quickly in that like this this isn't forever and then there's also like little i don't know gems or i don't just things that (laughs) core memory yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um but i remember at that funeral um my grandfather consoling me Mm -hmm. in that moment and it was it was that moment where we were sitting like the family immediate family's like sitting like in that front that row, front like, row just yeah a few feet away from the coffin like before it's lowered in and i remember him taking his time to console me when the love of his life yeah the father the mother of his five children to to console me and yeah. so that i will forever cherish that moment yeah and six months later, my dad's mom passed away from an aneurysm. Oh, geez. Yeah. And so this was just kind of like happening so quickly. And like I said, being I, I understood. Yeah. You're able to process like death is permanent. De- death yeah. is permanent. Yeah. And I was old enough. And um, but again, those other little moments. So like someone had I think I was going into the 10th grade when my second grandmother our mother passed away, but I remember there's this nice uh, freshman girl that I hadn't known from middle school, but we weren't that close. We had later become friends. Uh, Jennifer Reeves, love you to death. Um, she had read the paper and saw the last name Marino and she thought it was my mom and she went out of her way and we didn't, like I said, we didn't know each other, but she went out of the way. Like, I'm so sorry. Like I heard about your mom and I thought that was nice. Yeah. As, but Girls mature faster. Like she had the wherewithal to recognize the vulnerability that you would be in. Yeah, right. And so, um, I and that again, I just just finding those little moments of I don't know compassion. Yeah. Um. In in some of our darkest moments, um, I always always look towards that. Yeah. um, Because and and then I now growing up attending funerals I, I want to i want to be that for people you know if, yeah if it's sometimes we want to talk sometimes we want to cry you know yeah. what, what and whatever it is you they whomever yeah. need um i think i i think that's kind of my role in death right now um is do i being, fear it absolutely yeah yeah how how big would you say your fear is of death like is it so for me, sometimes it could be crippling to mm-hmm. where, like, I'm not doing anything today because okay. I don't want today to be the day I die. Yeah. yeah. Is it like, does it get to that level? Is it more? Like, no, it's more of a, um, what do they call it? Like into the void. Like mm. when you, you kind of just glance and like, yeah, who would, who would care? 
you know, yeah. who would who would go to my funeral? Like the you know, some of those questions, is, and I think that's more my narcissism coming in of like, yeah, um, what you know, what like are, what are things, what are they gonna say? Or, yeah, you know? like the the ego thing of like, you know, who's gonna who's gonna cry right. when I'm yeah. dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I guess being surrounded by it so much growing up, it's not, you know, it's a uh, we all have to take the same exit out yeah you know so and it's so um it's um it's i like wouldn't say it's comforting but it's more of a like a matter of fact yeah kind of thing. it's a matter of fact yeah and um and i think now that my mindset ha- mindset has shifted a little bit uh with having a daughter yeah like i want to just make sure she's ready for or whatever world, yeah you know? um and so um you know i I mean, we did young, childish teenager things, you know, drink and drive. And, yeah. Um, you know, I hate to admit that, um, but, you know, I'm lucky enough to, you know, had not hurt anybody, not hurt yeah. myself. And so, you know, but just looking at things like making smarter decisions. Um, More like self-preservation yeah. kind of, kind of, kind yeah. of choices. That makes sense. I think it's really interesting when you're, so like I, I turned 30 in a week. Okay. And like when Happy I look at. Birthday. Thank you. I'm I'm hosting next week, yes, so yes, yes, I'm yes. very excited for that. Um, but like now that I'm like turning thirty, um, the the way I view kind of like my day to day behavior, like you're saying, back to when I was younger, like it, like now I'm like, oh fuck, dude! Like I was gonna get, uh, I went grocery shopping, and I was like, dude, like I'm craving a cheeseburger, and my brain was like you're going to be 30 soon. You can't be doing that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, you're right. Like, I need to take, like, the seriousness of death is really, like, creeping in. Like, it used to be a fear of, like, one day you're going to die and everything you know, like, it's just going to stop existing. And that causes its own panic. Yeah. But now it's like you're getting to the point where, like, you're going to have to fight to stay alive. Like, your body is going to start turning against you. And I was like, oh, no, this is, like, a whole new level of fear that I wasn't prepared for. Like when you're, you know, when you're 22, you're invincible, invincible, literally, like literally invincible. Like you could fall down a, you could drunkenly fall down a flight of stairs and like bounce back up, vomit, and then just go back to drinking. And now like, you know, I hurt my back in the shower, washing my feet. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like I bent, I bent too weird. And like, my back was like, can't do that anymore. And it's, it's like, and with being a parent, does that kind of like, does that kind of stuff come in? Cause I like, I mean, you've lost a lot of weight over like the last year. You've been really like working on your health. And well, and I think that's more, I'm going to give more credit to my wife than myself. Yeah. Um, she had found a diet called the reset diet. And it limits like dairy, added sugar, so we're, we can have natural sugar like in fruit. Yeah, but um, dairy added sugar, not a lot of carbs mm. or pasta, um, and so from that aspect, the most important thing I think for my diet was the stopping drinking. Like there's yeah. just a lot of empty calories in drinking, and I didn't realize, you know what, you know, on a Wednesday night, four or five beers isn't a big deal. You know, yeah. I'm not getting drunk. I, that spans out from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Yeah. So that's okay to have that. 
yeah. you know, within a night, so to speak. But then, you know, that's five, 600 calories where I was sitting doing nothing. Yeah. And so, um, no, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. I think a total, I, I lost 20 pounds and we're about to start up the diet again in January. Yeah. Um, post holiday. Yeah. Post holiday. And then we'll, and then, yeah, it's called a reset just to reset your body. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll share some of that information with you if you're, yeah, if you're absolutely. interested. Yeah. Like um, I'm, since I'm turning 30, like, um, after, so my birthday party is next mm-hmm. week. Uh, that's going to be my last day of drinking for, I'm shooting for the whole year. Okay, I'm trying nice. to do a completely sober 2023. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, especially cause like I noticed I started drinking again a couple of months and like that with, I'm on medication now and like I ballooned like, okay, wow. like 25 pounds, yeah. like overnight it was like, boom. And I was like, okay, I need to stop drinking. I know that's going to cut at least 10 pounds yeah. is not drinking. Um, but, yeah. and, and, um, that was with no, like, we're getting off topic, but that was with no physical activity. Yeah. That was a strict, that was just weight loss diet. from diet. Yeah. And so uh, this this next January, I'll try and incorporate some kind of jogging, walking, something yeah. minimal. Yeah, something um, to just you know. maintain outside yeah. of the, the diet. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's weird, like, I'm starting to look at life insurance now. Yeah. Like, turning 30, like, mm-hmm. like turning 30 is just like my brain is... I don't know. How old are you? So I'm 34. I'll okay. be 35 in March. So I assume you went through a similar kind of like, how was turning 30 for you? Was it? it? Was, I think I was still kind of in a party mode. So it was, um, it was more fun. Like yeah. I, I don't. Um, and maybe because my grandmothers like dying so young in their fifties. Um, oh yeah. That it's just like, it's gonna happen. I don't know when it's gonna happen, so let's let's just do it. Let's let's try stand up comedy. Let's yeah. let's get the master's degree. Like what whatever it is, let's just do it. Because we don't we don't know. Yeah. Because it could be a cancer diagnosis where you have a year left. Yeah. Or it could be an aneurysm. Yeah. You know, and so that that definitely shifted my whole process of of just kinda like a life perspective of we we don't know. Yeah. And so, um, Make yourself happy. Make other people happy. Yeah. Don't hurt anyone. It's very. I, I have a very simple mantra. I think. I think it's very interesting. The. That like because I've I've noticed because I've had the similar thoughts like anything could take me out soon, but the. I think it's because of my mental illness. It makes it very hard for me to see, like it, because when I was talking to Adam about it. Um, it causes like a, a why bother mentality in my head as opposed oh, to the okay. opposite. Instead of like, yeah. instead of, yeah, it's kind of motivating to me. Yeah. Instead of getting that yeah. motivation, like I was considering going back to school and I would have those intrusive thoughts that are just like, why bother? Gotcha. You know, like we're on the line of like ecological and economical collapse. Yeah. Like why invest in this stuff when for all, you know, four years down the line, we're fighting over cricket fields to make sure we all get like proper protein. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I want to have that drive. I want to have like that I'm going to die someday. So like why not do all of that stuff? But m- my brain is just like why even like just lay in bed and watch the same 17 YouTube videos <laughs> you've been watching for the last year. Yeah. What like when that thing clicked for you? Like was it like an instantaneous click or was it like, did you have to, um, 
No, I think at at first, because you know I was in my early teens uh, when those uh, important deaths occurred, um, it was more of like a who gives a shit. So there was like a lot of drinking, yeah, which I had a valid excuse for, or I felt like it yeah. because I was you know grieving, you know, and so um, and then. Yeah, just different stuff. Just I yeah, I think it was more of a don't care like it was more of um free kind of a free for all at yeah. at first. And at then first, I think yeah. it I think it just kind of gradually shifted when sitting down and talking with the right people. Yeah. You know, I feel like just kind of just some some brief uh mind shifts. Um yeah. like little. I think it was gradual. I don't think it was it wasn't like a wake up one day like no. I need to get my shit together no. and fix all of this. Okay, that's good. That gives me hope to know that, like, <laughs> at some point I may wake up and be like, I should go back to school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, I don't know, it's weird. Like, do, have you ever dealt with, like, suicidal ideation? Like, has that ever? Uh, no. Um, clo- like, close to the deaths, but I thought that was a part of my grieving. Like, I don't, it wasn't, They they were never genuine yeah and i guess because of i've only been a counselor for um this is my fourth year um, yeah and and it's a school counselor not like i'm not a licensed therapist or yeah phys- anyway um but in that aspect i i just need to be completely objective right mm-hmm. is that the right word or yeah subject? i always get those mixed yeah up. objective I, yeah. be objective and, and be able to listen and regardless of your situation I have to not be judgmental yeah. of those ideations. And so like, I, I think, but I do work with people that have had those ideations and are still able to recommend or give advice on mm-hmm. that. And I think maybe that could benefit them uh, because they have been there. Yeah. You know, uh, but no, I hadn't, I don't think personally I've been there too. Yeah too extensively or, or yeah very... like it may be because like you know when it comes to depression there's like situational depression uh seasonal depression and then like medical depression so it's all different like i have a couple of friends who like when they they've had stints of like suicidal ideation but it's after like uh a super messy breakup okay, or gotcha. like a series of bad events like losing a job and then yeah. somebody close to them and then like just because of the situation but it's weird because like like you know i have a pretty good life like i've got a job i've got a partner who loves me i've got you know like i live in this house very cheap rent like i've got all these great things and it's weird that my brain is just like fuck dude like it's not that good like you might as well like there's no like what's key like I don't know. It's weird to it's weird to explain. I think a lot of it because I've been talking to my therapist. I think a lot of it is like trauma based. Okay. Like growing up, you know, growing up religious and growing up like. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of hellfire and brimstone in the yeah. Old Testament, and I think that kind of. I think, that's interesting as far as. Specifically, I mean, we grew up Christians. Yeah, and so it is like, fear God, Old Testament, and then. Yeah. Love God. Yeah. New Testament. You know, and so um that 
That is interesting. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's always. And I, I don't know where you grew up, but I grew up Catholic. I grew up uh, Protestant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Catholic so flag. yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I grew up with like flip flops and acoustic guitar. Okay. So uh, it's. It's a little different. I don't know if it's the same thing because I know with like my Catholic friends, like they do have a lot of like traditional like Catholic guilt TM, which like is different than Protestant guilt because I don't know like Protestant guilt is like gaslighting where it's like God loves you so much unless you fuck up. Okay, gotcha. And like ours is more of um, God's always watching. Yeah. Even when you fuck up. See, I feel, yeah, I feel like I can handle that. I feel like I can handle, people see me fuck up all the time. So, like, I'm not afraid of, like, another person watching the fuck up. Yeah. What's scary with Protestantism is, like, Jesus loves you so, or, like, God loves you so much, he sent Jesus. And all you have to do is believe in Jesus, asterisk, to go to heaven. And then you find out, like, oh, like, you can't watch porn, and, like, you can't tug on your dick, and, like, you can't, like... You can't do all of these things, but, like, everybody's doing these things, and we all know, but we're going to tell you, like, you know, every six months you're going to have to rededicate your life to Christ because you realize you've been watching too much internet porn or, like, you've been using the F word too much. Like, there's – like, I used to – so at the church I went to, there's this thing called Awana. I don't know if you know what Awana is. It's like Protestant Boy Scouts. Okay. Where instead of learning life skills, you're forced to study biblical scripture out of context and like memorize these the scriptures. Way to yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like loose, like two or three sentences at a time that all have oh, like wow. an overarching theme. Yeah. And the more you remember, you get like badges, badges and okay, placards cool. and everything. Um, like a conversion camp. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and like, honestly, like, I hate to make the comparison, but it felt like hitler's youth like when i look at it now it feels like hitler's youth um because we even had like the brown like outfits and everything like it's like very hitler's youthy um but i remember we had like a lock-in right like you know like an overnight for everyone and um the guy who was in charge because this was in california asked the question if an earthquake struck right now and the building collapsed on us mind you i'm seven if an earthquake struck right now and the bow- building collapsed on us, who here would get into heaven first? And some people answer, right? And he goes, no, it would be me because I've had the longest relationship with God. Oh. Yeah. And when you're seven years old and right. you're like, fuck, dude, like I've only been around for seven yeah, years. Yeah, I didn't know you had to get tenure. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I did it. Yeah. <laughs> like that, like. That really, I look back at it now, like, I can laugh at it, but I was like, oh, like, that's one of the moments that, like, a lot of inferiority. Memory, yeah. yeah, like, a lot of, like, <laughs> a lot of that, like. And the scariest thing to me about God, like, if we're examining that closely, like, in my heart of hearts, I'll never be worthy. Yeah. But I'll try, I guess. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, um. And I, I, I think we we share some of that same sentiment in that, um, but not not in the sense of like, who cares? Yeah, fuck everyone. It's it's more like, well, I mean, I know you. I'm with you. I see you. Yeah, you know, and I I want to hear you and I want to listen to you. You know, whatever your opinions may be. Um, and you know, just yeah, just. It's not hard to be kind. I don't feel like it is. Yeah, I don't. It's 
one of those things that like because i wouldn't consider i would consider christianity the religion kind i think christianity and like even catholicism and like every single protestant offshoot at its core like the message of christ and like the the ritual of the religion it's great i love it like (laughs) it's very yeah. yeah the heart of it is very just like the fact that like uh what is it there was that story where the guy comes up to jesus and he's like jesus these ladies are dressing way too sexy, dude. Like, what can you do to stop them? And Jesus goes, I don't know, man. Have you tried gouging out your eyes? Yeah. Like, that's punk as right. fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, that's Hell yeah. that's a great, like... This is your problem. Yeah, this, their yeah, problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just to see that his fan club has turned it into, like... You know, I know there's a lot of, like, Christianity hate out there. I think some of it is understandable. I was going to say justified. I don't think justified is the right yeah, word. Yeah. I think it's understandable. You know, being told at seven, you're going to go to hell because you don't have And I think that for us, it's more anecdotal Mm -hmm. and and it's going to be based on our personal experience. I don't think I left the church with like an insane amount of distaste. Uh, My my wife still likes attending. I I attend with her, um, but not. But uh, yeah, looking for. Just the, that right set of beliefs to be like, yeah, like let's let's focus on the love, you know? yeah. Uh, and so um, that's I think that's, I mean I think that's a lot of people struggle because you. And then, on my side of things, like, am I looking for like a hive mind? Like, am I do I want? Do, yeah. Am I, am I doing this correctly? Like, like, like are you are like is it like are you doing it selfishly? Like right. that kind of question. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm only like out here looking for like a priest or priestess to just say the things that I want to hear. Yeah. Right. And so you know, and I don't know how that's you know kind of affecting my relationship with God. Um, it's on that on that sense, and so like I feel like we're. I'm I'm kind of, we're kind of vibing out yeah and so um I guess because we grew up so religious <laughs> I would never like come out and say like atheists yeah so like agnostic I uh, you know yeah I went full Satanist okay, when I nice. left the church I like no good on you well, yeah I wish like I had the balls I like did a full 180 flip and like I think who was it Eric Fromm talks about it in one of his books um but it was like. There's just, like, a period of, like, growing up. Like, you do it with your parents, right? Like, you right. have your unconditional love from your mother, and then you get older, and then now it's it's acts of service to gain love of your father. And then there's a rebellion phase against both, and then, a uh, like, an absorption phase where you no longer need both of them, but you take aspects of them that you've grown up with and incorporate mm-hmm. it into your self-love. Um, and in my early 20s, I, like poo-pooed the church i left because i was getting into sleight of hand magic and hypnosis at that time and i was like getting into skepticism and all of this stuff and i was like atheism isn't cool enough like we gotta we gotta throw some devil horns on it and like make people afraid but but interesting like i don't want to look it up right now uh but those the tenets of satanism oh yeah they're great like i and and it's so weird to bring that up yeah people but it's just like if if it's untrue, don't speak it. If yeah. if it get if it hurts anyone or yourself, don't do it. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, what? Like, yeah. The fact that like <laughs> one of the ten, like one of the tenets is like, 
uh, like don't make sexual advantage, uh, uh, advances unless invited is like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Like that's a good, like that's a and, good. And so that's, and I, and I, I don't mean to scare my coworkers when I bring up the tenets of Satanism, but I'm just like, Hey guys, like I just yeah. want you to listen. Like, I'm not like, I'm not trying to it's, convert you. Yeah. Like, do you have a time? Do you have a moment for my words? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's like when you like, um, like when you explain like communism without using the word communism to people, and they're like, "That's sweet. What is that?" And you're like, "It's communism," and they're like, "Fuck no." It's the same thing with Satanism. It's yeah. like, "Oh, that's all really cool. Like, what is that?" It's like, "Oh, it's Satanism." Yeah. It's like, Mm-mm. and yeah, and even one like the one of the sects or is like, we're not saying they're is a god or isn't a god yeah like this is just what yeah and so yeah and i and i think that's more of a, a modern satanism like, yeah not the not the yeah like um blood what is sacrifice it? yeah um, which Rob Zombie. <laughs> um i have a i have a friend who's like fully into like the satanic okay. temple like they have like a certificate and like they're a card carrying member and like they mm-hmm. donate and stuff yeah um and like nicest person you would ever meet they don't dress spooky they don't like like you would look at them and you'd be like oh yeah that person's probably a protestant yeah and then like like, yeah 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 (laughs) like they do like they do a lot of paperwork and it's like a very simple or not very simple but like they're a very like straight like they're a member of society yeah um like they participate in like social clubs like lion like uh what is it like the lions club kind of stuff like they're like out there they do community service and they're like, you want to see my satanic temple card? <laughs> and it's like, whoa, dude, like you're a Satanist and you're doing this. And it's like, yeah, like it's all about like, you yeah. know, about taking care of yourself. And I love participating in my community. Right. It's like, whoa, that's crazy that like the Satanist is doing the stuff that Jesus talked about. <laughs> like it really blows my mind right. that like it's the Satanists who are taking care of the orphans and the widows now. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I think that was my biggest, one of my biggest qualms growing up um, with all of organized religion is when we start asking these questions of like, oh, in India, there's two billion people or whatever, you know, none of them of which believe in Christianity. So they're automatically damned. Yeah. Just based on just based on geographical location and the resources available to them. Yeah. You know, and I did, I had, and then even prior to the start of Christianity, like, well, yeah, that God loved them, so they yeah. were allowed. You like, know, yeah, everybody who practiced Zoroastrianism is like, they're in hell. Yeah, like, it's, it, um, the, what is it? It's Calvinism. So like, American Christianity is based in Calvinism, and like, Calvinism is like, um, deterministic Christianity, where like. Yeah, the reason they were born in India is because God wants to send them to hell. Is basically like what it boils down You're to. Right. Like, and it's super fucked that that is like the mentality of, you know, earlier when I said like love Jesus asterisk. It's like no, like sometimes, like, in in America, in like what Western Christianity is has rooted out of is like oh no, like I we were meant to have crisis of faiths, yeah. and leave Christianity and go to hell. Like that was our that was our purpose in the eyes of Calvinism. <laughs> that was yeah, our predetermined destiny. What yeah. is it called? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh predetermination or determinism yeah. is what I know it as. 
I remember my father when I was younger. So, like, my dad's a good Christian. Like, I was saying before we started recording, like, he doesn't believe in the classical hell. He believes in, like, a refining process yeah. and has, like, scripture to back it up. Um, like, he doesn't think hell is permanent and anybody stays there. He thinks everybody gets into heaven at okay. some point. Um, and uh, it was weird because, like, the dad I grew up with when I was younger didn't believe that. Like, I remember, uh, like, I wouldn't say my father was homophobic, but he definitely had some opinions on the gays. Yeah. At least, like, the way I interpreted mm -hmm. it was some opinions on the gay. I remember we were watching, like, a TV show, and two dudes kissed, and my dad said, yuck, out loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this was, like, before I came out. So, like, <laughs> another another core memory of just, <laughs> like... Oh, like inadequacy, and I will never right. I, like the my father or the all father. I'll never live up to their expectation of things. Um, but like it's been weird seeing his journey of like because I've seen like my dad have a crisis of faith, and I've seen him leave the church and all of that stuff. And I think it's interesting that like he's gone back to he's a chaplain now. Okay, like so he's like literally a soldier for the Lord. Yeah, like in in all. So facets. not only did he go back. But he dug in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like doubled down. Yeah. He went and got his master's in divinity and is okay. like trying to get a doctorate in like wow. theological studies. Yeah. Like he loves like his love for God is um like I admire it, but also at the same time, like being a little more skeptical is just like I mean, computer science also pays well, Dad. Right. Like yeah. you gotta <laughs> like you know yeah and you just need a certification you yeah you just yeah you don't even have to yeah <laughs> you could do you could learn all of that stuff on your own and yeah. just get certified and then like <laughs> now you're running server farms making six figures yeah there you go as opposed to like being deployed to the middle east yeah. to <laughs> to pray for soldiers but it's uh where would you say your oh, here we go does your religious upbringing interfere or intersect with any of like your thoughts or your feelings about death and I guess uh, short answer no mm -hmm. um, the 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 Bible's idea of afterlife and eternity uh, just seems uh, so exhausting yeah forever yeah yeah, singing forever. the Lord's praises, playing the tambourine in the clouds. Forever. Forever. And so I never really bought all the way into that. And I think it's more – and, and I, I don't know if I, like, pick and choose, like, from um, just popular media or, you know, whatever it may be. But Avatar just came out. Avatar yeah. 2. Shout out James Cameron. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I just – returning to mother earth yeah I, you know i feel like there's some you know from dust we came from dust yeah. we shall return yeah um and so um but that that is some religious yeah background and, and so i think there's still tones in definitely in there mm. in that um but um i think the idea of eternity scares me more than death itself yeah like what about i mean we can't fathom eternity. Right. I'm sure right. it's part exactly. of it. Yeah. And and that's just that's just that. Yeah. You know? And so, um would we would we actually want that? I 
think it depends on what it is. Mm-hmm. I think like, have you ever been to like Disneyland or Disney World? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and you stand in line for like three hours before you get to ride a forty-five second ride. Mm-hmm. Like, if if heaven is like that waiting line, you know, like if you're, because think about how many people die. How, right. Think about how many Christians die, and like if your entire purpose is to go to heaven so that you can worship God some more. And if it's like that, where like you get there and then now like you're waiting to be like, you get to see the big man. Like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds awful. <laughs> like I, you know, I don't know. It's. Oh God. And Texas heat. Gold, yeah. Gold paved, gold paved streets. Would be awful. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Can you imagine Shoes the ref- Yeah, dude. Can you imagine the reflection? <laughs> yeah. With like how bright, uh, with how close you are to How'd the I get sun a up in those clouds under my chin. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That would be so bad. I don't know. I don't. Do they just even like properly describe heaven in the Bible? There's a lot of stories where like somebody yeah, goes up to heaven and talks to God, but I don't think there's any like. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't speak to any like specific scripture yeah um but that's fine this isn't that kind of show okay you have to yeah (laughs) have you since leaving the church have you like looked into any other religions um right now uh my wife is enjoying visiting an episcopal uh church yeah interesting. Uh, and so again kind of joking earlier like a catholic light yeah um you know they they do allow women to serve as priests and priestess. Yeah. Uh, and so I do appreciate that aspect of it. And uh, this pr- particular priestess um, I went to high school with. And so that's making it a little bit easier Yeah, uh, to make that connection. And I, and I love um, – I'm, I'm going to invite you. Okay. Um, but uh, I love her message. Yeah. Um, and, and how she gets that across. Like I've never felt – I I didn't even tell my wife this yet, but it was during the the last service I went to. It was the most comfortable I've been in a church setting. Yeah, in over fifteen years. Oh wow! Like I felt like I could breathe. Yeah, and exist and listen. There was none of like that existential judgment that you get at right. some churches. Right, right, and so um, that's I was very appreciative of yeah. that, and so um. Yeah, I think we're looking. Um, I I think she's looking harder than I am. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of um, okay, or I feel okay in my relationship with God. Uh, one of my last <coughs> times in the church, we we're in a youth group, and our instructor had made this like Catholic quiz or something, and it was like I don't know, twenty, twenty five, thirty things of a Catholic should know, and. So I was just joking. We were going through it. And I, I don't know if it was like group work, but it wasn't obviously wasn't for a grade or anything. But I had mean, gotten most of them correct. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm, am I done? <laughs> like, you know, like, like I, did you have you officially graduated right. to like yeah. Catholic? You're right. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't want to become a priest, you know? Yeah. And so um, there was an, an argument with my instructor or, and, and I could be, you know, imagining this, but I was just like, you know, I I think I've gotten all that I quote unquote need. Yeah. Um, as far as like regurgitating yeah. scriptures or facts or nuances, whatever it may be, uh, what we were supposed to know. But um, 
I, I did, it wasn't an angry issue. I was just like, I think I'm. You're content. I think I'm, you're I'm like content. you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like this is this is good. Yeah. And um. And it is easy, I think, to sit on a perch and and point out the hypocrites. Um, and I and I and I. I'm no different than anyone else. Like, uh, and so that that was tough for me. Um, to be well, like you said, exactly like you said, like these are a list of things you're not supposed to do. These people are still doing them, but yeah. we come and pray. Um, yeah, every you know, Sunday that, that yeah we do Synod- it less the next yeah. week. Like I don't know what the point is. Yeah, if, if, if we don't see any visual change. Yeah, or, yeah, treating it as like a uh, like a religious shower. We're like Saturday, yeah. you're getting deep in the muck, yeah. and then Sunday, you take your Eucharist <laughs> and like. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, now you're good to just go back to what you were doing. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, and it's interesting. Um, I keep bringing up, like, these short stories. And for the life of me, I've been talking to my wife about this short story. So I don't remember if it was my junior or senior English teacher, um, Mr. Menzies. Um, and I don't know if his intent – I mean, Temple, Texas, small conservative Christian. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was his intent to uh, inject doubt. But we had read this short story about um, this vagabond traveler who ends up uh, selling his soul to the devil because uh, he, he was low on funds and needed some money or whatever anyway. And so um, he immediately feels bad about it. So he finds a church and he's in the front row and he's seeing the loudest and he's he's going to make everyone believe that not only do I have a soul, but it's a good one. Yeah. And. That was so incredibly interesting to me in that time when I was rooted in the church mm-hmm. to have that little bit of skepticism and doubt there. Uh, I think it was, but I think it was healthy. Yeah. You know, I think um, we we need to be able to, you know, God isn't black and white. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, I mean, God's definitely black. For but sure. Yeah. Yeah. He struggled. <laughs> um, but. I've always, I, that, that, that story always, I've always appreciated that story. Yeah. Um, in that, I mean, how much pretending is going on, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, it's easy to sit in the back row and cross point, your point, arms. Yeah. Cross just, one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't. So, um, but, so I think everybody's, um, religion experience should be personal and not yeah not, and go in much like my professional life go in not judgmental you you're there for you to better yourself and if you happen to make yeah friends or family you know whatever yeah that's a added benefit there's so like for me since i've left the church you know and i did that stint of of satanism which i think was more of like a like a lashing out yeah of being raised christian if just like I'm done with this, so like now I'm going to like the, the the complete uh, like right. antithesis of what I was brought up in, um, but now that like I'm mellowing out religiously and kind of attitude wise, you know, like I was in my twenties, I was a very like punk rock fuck you kind of kind of kid, and now that I'm mellowing out, like there are aspects of me that miss a relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know, and like I've been looking at like on my little bookshelf there and then kind of strung out all through here are different religious texts and different things that I've been trying to find that, um, that connection again to whatever it is. I was thinking about converting to Judaism at one point. Okay. Like I was like full, like 
I was learning Hebrew, like I was considering it. And then um, I watched a, a sermon from uh, this rabbi who was talking about people who wanted to convert to Judaism and like the dangers and what to look out for, not only for rabbis who are converting people, but also people who are looking to convert. And um, the thing that really stuck out to me was him going, you don't need to take a moniker to have a relationship with God. Like, you don't have to be a Jew. You don't have to be Christian. You don't yeah. have to be Muslim to have a relationship with God. Yeah. And I was like, And I appreciate oh, that honesty. Yeah, like, and, and it's not... It's not this. This is the religion you have to pick, yeah. and this is the only way you're getting into heaven because there's eighty different sects of, yeah, Christianity. Yeah, and, you know how many ever like you said, Muslim and, um, yeah, yeah. Like, to I have just, like to have a religious leader just be like, this isn't for you, and that's okay. Yeah. You can just do what you need to do. But that makes me respect that all the much more. Yeah, you know that would maybe push me more to. Yeah, Judaism. Like that's like because like you're you're being honest. And, yeah, and I want that. And like going from that, so like doing that I was like okay, like I want to have a connection. Maybe connections through other people is the best way to experience God. Like uh, the Prince of Egypt's uh, uh, look at your life through heaven's eyes kind of thing. Like yeah. seeing your interconnectivity with everybody. Like pushed me towards Buddhism, and so I studied a lot of Buddhism. And then even the Buddha was just like, hey. Bro, there's like 500,000 paths to take to yeah, get to enlightenment. Fine. Like, yeah. So it was another reaffirming of just like, there's weight. Like, you don't have to. I guess this would be the only appropriate time to bring this up. So, um, Philosophy 101, uh, to get a community college. Yeah. Apparently, he had was like really close to tenure, but he was a graduate professor at a at a bigger college. Anyway, he came over with a chip on his shoulder and this was again, a community college philosophy one oh one yeah. intro class. But he taught it like one of his graduate classes because he was pissed, I think, that he Yeah. That was the rumors from, at least. Yeah. So like even day one, he was pushing us, testing our boundaries, like, raise your hand if you're Christian. Da 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 he was like Was it like a full no God's one. not dead kinda No, the other way. He oh. was he was going along the lines of like don't you think it's interesting that there's 20 years of the son of god's life completely omitted from yeah. the bible yeah he goes during that time the buddha had a i guess geographically speaking a western student mm-hmm. that they only refer to in text as the carpenter and oh. so like and then he was like and then look at that shift in the bible when he comes back and how many things that he's saying like love and let love and all these things jesus is preaching that align with yeah buddhism and and i was like and you know that was just day one i was like Phew. yeah 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 <laughs> like, uh so i i appreciated that interaction yeah for I- sure because he was just like you we always we can always find out more. Yeah. I talked to my dad about that. I was like, you know, there's a good chance that Jesus was just a Bodhisattva. And my dad just goes, yes. And I was like, oh, I wasn't like expecting <laughs> you to like agree so quickly right. that I was like, oh, yeah, maybe he was. But just yeah. Like, and, and I think that's interesting that that's not public information. Yeah. Like you said, going through uh, masters and perhaps, you know, his doctorate um, in divinity. But 
those are things that they discuss in those classes. Yeah. But it's not something that we would hear about on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You wouldn't uh, – yeah, Joel Osteen wouldn't bring up, like, <laughs> like the fact that, like, you know, Christ was influenced right. by – because, I mean, like, when you look at the geographical location, like, the fact that um, – like South Asia and the Middle East are so close to India, the birthplace of, of Buddhism. Like there yeah. were, there were definitely they be, had to there be had to be Buddhists. Mixture, yeah. yeah. Like out there teaching stuff. I so think I, it's, I appreciated that little. Yeah. No, lesson. that's, that's I actually, I think I had to drop it, unfortunately, because oh, it was so difficult. Like yeah. our first assignment was like five pages. Something oh, geez. Like, yeah. But that's cool that like, it wasn't like, the way you explain it, it didn't sound like he was judgmental against Christianity. It no, felt like no, he no, was no. like he he was. He, I mean, it could be affirming yeah. for the faithful, or I mean, I would just I just thought it was wildly interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder if because I have all of the Buddha sutras, I have all of his lessons. So now I'm gonna like flip through and yeah, just like see, look, kind of like yeah, yeah like find where the the carpenter is listed and be like, ah, yeah, okay, so this is the <laughs> sermon that Jesus heard. That's gonna be. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun homework excitement. So we're getting close to the point where I want to know, what do you think happens to me when I die? Now, knowing that like you, the, the concept of an afterlife is exhausting to think about. And like that your main focus is, um, from our conversation, it feels like your main focus is, uh, more of like the, once again, like life through heaven's eyes, interconnectivity of yeah. of existing in this realm or plane. What do you think happens to me when I die? So I think, I think that my viewpoint on that is more of like a cosmic one. Okay. Um, if we are all existing from the same atoms, from yeah, the Big Bang, then we then we return to that. Yeah. And so I don't know um, my personal, personal view of like my personal theory of deja vu is um, we've lived this life before. Yeah. And, and that's like a little glimpse of, Oh, I'm just remembering doing this again. Yeah. And so um, almost kind of like a groundhog day, but our life, like we get to try again so when the universe does end, it becomes the beginning, and it's just the uh, like it, a cyclical it is eternity. It is kinda, eternity, yeah. But we don't realize it because we're just repeating it, yeah. Um, and so you will be buried, disintegrate, become one with the earth again, and then when the world ends, we'll. It will begin again. And then Does that just, make sense? Yeah, like I, a, I sound like a stoner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so, like, do you think it's the same? Like, is it a cycle in, like, everything is the same? Or do you think it's a cycle in, like, like when you're running, like, an algorithm and it goes through every possible kind of yeah. situation? Yeah, who who was that? Uh, Mike Weir, the egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex brought that up last episode. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, always been a fan of that short yeah. story as well. And I think I stumbled that uh, across that on Reddit. Um, 
And so, yeah, um, living each other's lives, seeing seeing each other in each other's lives. I, I love that idea. Yeah. But I think it's more of the same. And I think that's – I don't know why, um, but that's my own personal theory as, like, as far as, like, deja vu. Like, yeah. I have done this before. Yeah. It might have been a millennia ago, um, but – my one of my friends who and Adam brought this up, we were talking about it in his episode. Um, one of our mutual friends asked the question So like when you die, your laugh flashes before your eyes. But that flash is part of your life. So do you flash into it again when everything's flashing? Like do you you know, is it like a never ending cycle of you going okay. through yeah. that like Here's my life. Yeah, I'm dying right now. We're getting sucked in to my life, and now I'm dying right now, and I'm getting sucked in. Uh, And then Chris Dixon, like, was just like, oh, like, when I asked him what happens when I die, he goes, you're already dead. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I was like, oh, man. That, like, because it it sounds like a very similar, like, yeah, it's all has happened, is happening, will happen in some sort of. In one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It's yeah. like a... I think so. Yeah. I think that's... I like that because, you know, with a couple with a couple of people that I've talked to, Chris being one of them and all of that, I think honestly that that's like... So far, I think, is one of the best answers and probably like a very um, soothing one. Yeah. I think it's, it's soothing to know that like... Yeah, I will see you again. Yeah, yeah. Like there will be like, you know millions of years from now this conversation is going to happen again or you know or like a million years ago this conversation did happen you know that kind of that kind of thing it's i think it's a very healthy way of looking at the afterlife of it's like it's literally like after this life it's just another one that exists yeah and i hope that's i hope that's the answer or one of them yeah yeah biblically i just don't think you don't think you don't believe in Gehenna? <laughs> I don't. You know the mashing of teeth. I don't. Yeah, I th- I, th- I just think it's difficult. Yeah. To wrap my wrap my head around it. Yeah. Can you imagine? I think so. Like, because my dad's a a chaplain, we talk about hell all the time, and he talks about how in Peter, um, I believe it's Peter. They talk about how you go through a refining process before going into heaven, and that like that has been misconstrued as hell is a concept of the refining process or the concept of Gehenna, the giant fire pit that they okay. would throw all of their mm. garbage and everything in that it's been misconstrued. as not as like a purification process, but as a damnation kind of thing. And I wonder if maybe like the purification, have you ever seen midnight gospel? Oh, not yet. So there's an episode where I want to spoil if you don't no, mind, no, you're fine. where, um, half of the show takes place in like this simulation program and there's uh like an outer simulation prison where all of the rogue programs go and um there's this character who's had its tongue cut out and like the series events happen and every time he does something violent he ends up dying and gets thrown back to the beginning and through the episode he learns that compassion is going to get him further into escaping out of this prison than violence um, and I think it's it's really beautiful. It's also got a great song at the end yeah. about like the interconnectivity of like showing compassion and love right. to everybody is going to get you further into like whatever you're venturing into. It's those connections that are going to form. And I wonder if with your the cyclicalness of it, I wonder if that's 
you know, like a um, a way to view like reincarnation yeah. of that process of living your life again, trying to right. form those connections more. Yeah. Yeah. Stronger connections, healthier ones. Healthier, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. More compassionate and honest connections. I think that's a big thing is like a true honest connection. Yeah. yeah. Authenticity. Um, I don't know if we fear it. Uh, as far as our society goes, um, it is odd having like a group of comedic friends because nothing is off boundaries, so to speak. But then, but we we all have our own boundaries. Boundaries are healthy. We're yeah. supposed to have these things. Like, oh no, please don't talk about that. Like, yeah, you know. And so I'm I try to respect uh, boundaries when I'm aware of them. Yeah. Um. But having yeah having an open heart, open ears. Open eyes, see, listen. Yeah, we talked about that. That's the very first thing yeah. we talked about. Like, yeah. it's not hard to be kind. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> it's. I mean, it is at first. Yes, I think it's very hard to be kind at first, depending on, you know, especially like people our age. If you think about like the societal trauma that we've all oh, been through, absolutely. of like, we've been through like three recessions, a nine eleven attack, like Columbine, Columbine, like, yeah, all, yeah. yeah, all school shootings yeah. with us. Yeah, you know? dude. Like, like going through all of that stuff, it's hard to not be one hundred percent reserved yeah. against every kind of like uh outside that. And then also if you look at like all of the scandals of like sexual assault and everything that have been really coming to surface the last like decade or so. It's hard to not have those like it's hard to not conflate boundaries and barriers as the same thing because i think what you're saying about boundaries like boundaries are healthy boundaries are important boundaries are what keep us secure barriers are what keep us alienated there you go i like that yeah and it's it's hard to like i was saying not conflate the two right with those things with with each other yeah and i think the the that verbiage helps me understand it or process a little bit better because barriers meant to prevent yeah someone or something um a boundary is this is you're still welcome over here yeah yeah but this is well, this is my line this is yeah. my boundary and so yeah yeah i like that i appreciate that a lot yeah purgatory i was uh messing up with that word but maybe that's what your dad and peter was kind of referring to i, I know us catholics Believe that's very speci- very specific yeah it's mostly like catholicism yeah it's like um, moses and then all the unbaptized babies right yeah or like yeah. spend most of their time there yeah and so um and that also learning about that growing up um it confused the hell out of me yeah like, because hey we're, we're was i not good or I, you know, I wasn't terrible. I wasn't a murderer. I wasn't a rapist. You know, these, you know, we think of the worst things when we think of sinning. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, lying. It is being unkind. You know, yeah. 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 Getting drunk, you know, all of those things. And <clears throat> so in that aspect, I, I had, I think my first raised eyebrow at Catholicism was purgatory. Yeah. Learning about it. Like, yeah. Like finding why, out like you're invited. He, he knows everything that I've yeah. done. Like why, what it would the it, the scale would tip one way or the other. Yeah, it's purgatory is weird because it's like, it's like going to like a, like a show, right? Like going to a show, but like you don't have VIP tickets, so you don't get to meet them. But like, 
still you're able to come into the building. Yeah. Like you're able to like chill. Like you're not going to hell. Had you been in Kill Tony yet? It's kind of like that. Like, stay, <laughs> stay back over here. Yeah. You can't see or watch anything, but you can hear it. You, you can know hear what's it. Going yeah, on, you can hang out. Yeah. But like, stay over here. Stay, stay there. It's going to be you, Moses, all these babies who love comedy. <laughs> these stand-up comedy babies who just fucking love it. I'm here for the babies. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Uh, it's Moses and the babies yeah. is the reason I'm here. Which is also probably going to be my next band name. Nice. It's Moses and the babies. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Do some doo-wop. For sure. Yeah. So... Uh, I think this is a good place to end it around okay. the one hour mark. Okay. Uh, oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. This show, like, I love, I love the show because the conversation, like, I think Alex and I was like an hour and a half. Okay. Didn't even realize, like, yeah. we hit that point. Um, but before we sign off, I always have a guest recite one of my favorite Buddhist prayers, okay. which is aging is normal for me. Illness is normal for me. Death is normal for me. So if you can sign us off with that, I would appreciate it. Okay. All right. Aging is normal for me. Illness is normal for me. Death is normal for me. Yeah, Justin, thank you, dude. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, yeah. thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah.